Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is the Infinity Cast, where we spill the tea on Marvel and pop culture. This week, we're discussing WandaVision Episode 8, previously on. So let's get into it with the recap. In 1693 Salem, Agatha Harkness is put on trial by a coven of witches led by her mother for practicing dark magic. As they attempt to kill Agatha, she drains the life from them. In the present day, Agatha interrogates Wanda, demanding to know how she is controlling Westview and threatening her with the lives of her children. Agatha forces Wanda to relive key moments in her life, including when she and her brother Pietro were trapped in the rubble next to an undetonated bomb the day their parents died. In this memory, Agatha deduces that Wanda was born a witch who engaged in basic hex magic as a child. This is reinforced by Wanda's inadvertent use of a simple probability hex to prevent the bomb from going off. In the next memory, Wanda watches herself as she is experimented on by Hydra. As she approaches the Mind Stone, it reacts to her presence, activating and augmenting her latent magical abilities. Wanda witnesses an apparition in the Mind Stone's light before passing out. She then relived her first fond memory of Vision back at the Avengers compound. They bond over sitcoms and a shared sense of loneliness. Next, it is revealed that Wanda had visited S.W.O.R.D. to try and recover Vision's body. When director Haywood shows her his mutilated corpse, Wanda loses her temper and breaks into the lab, but leaves without Vision's body after failing to feel his presence. Finally, Wanda drives to a dilapidated lot in Westview that Vision had bought for her, intending for them to live their life together. In a fit of grief, she creates a house on the lot, manifests a new version of Vision, and ultimately extends the hex across the entire town. Back in the present and coming out of her trance, Wanda runs outside and confronts Agatha, who is holding her children captive. Agatha mocks Wanda for not knowing the full extent of her powers and calls her dangerous. She then reveals that Wanda's powers are actually chaos magic and that Wanda is the mythical Scarlet Witch. In the mid-credits scene, Hayward's Project Cataract is finally revealed. The original vision, now in white, has been reactivated using magic energy from the drone that had been used to attack Wanda. Spectral vision! It's spectral vision. Vision versus vision. The little Paul Bettany little troll man has trolled us all. And uh, <laughs> the big cameo is going to be himself. Honestly, I I love it. I think it's hilarious. Trolling the entire fandom when you were really just talking about working with yourself. Impeccable. Extremely masturbatory, but, but hilarious. Great work there, Vision. My theory of, of going back to the beginning of the episode is that the the opening of the episode takes place after the Salem witch trials, and I'm I'm to blame Agatha for the witch trials that she did something that screwed up all the all the witches in the area got all the attention that that shouldn't have been, and that's why the witches are so like nope you're going down you're done. So I think it's all post witch trial stuff, and that's what caused it. That's my theory. Yeah, I kind of I kind of wonder if the darkest magic that they were talking about is her siphoning off energy from the dark dimension like we see the antagonist from Doctor Strange doing. Yeah, we got some Dormammu shit going on. I, I mean, we have we have different types of colored magic now. We have chaotic energy, which is in the red. We have uh, the, the dark dimensional energy, which is seen in purple. This blue energy, which we've never seen before uh, among the, the natural witches. Um, I heard someone talk about them being Atlantean witches. That could be a thing. It also give a rationalization of the blue or just natural witches. Uh, she had kind of a very natural pagan crown along the head. The mother leader of the coven had that. Uh, and they didn't have to put that in there. So just to show that one, she was the leader two that maybe there was something more special about her. The crown looked a little bit like the Atlantean witch queen that they had said. So it, it could be that, but I'm, I'm just going to go with natural witchcraft magic that's there. But I, obviously... The big question is whether 
Agatha is alone in on this because there was there was you could you could almost put it up to her as being a trickster uh, and lying like no no I can't control it I don't know what you're talking about to like something sincerely being inside her controlling her very a la you know possession in some kind of capacity so there still is room for something else to be behind all of it even if uh it, it is Agatha all along that it still could be something manipulating her she really came off as an opportunist in this episode she's definitely an opportunist throughout the entire series everything that we saw her do uh, and taking control, like sensing that Wanda was using some powers. So she took her little basement of, of witchcraft and brought it to Westview in order to investigate. And I think she interfered with a lot of Wanda's hexes. That's why there was a lot of glitches going on in the program sometimes. I think people were responding to not Wanda, but uh, Agatha putting them in pain. Uh maybe causing some problems with the way Wanda wanted them all to behave. Cause I picture like Wanda even subconsciously. So making everybody kind of do all this stuff and improving the town and all these things. I don't think she would have done it to cause anybody any pain, but I think Agatha being like, well, I could use this. Here's some storylines that I could throw in here to, 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 to get you to do what I want you to do. I think that, I think that that was what was causing maybe some of the problems with the hex. So you have two users fighting for control over the same program. Possibly. Something that really uh, struck me, though, is that throughout this episode, but especially in the beginning, Agatha is constantly amazed at like Wanda's ignorance on just like basic magic stuff. Yeah, exactly. Because she's just like, I had to sell my soul to the devil in order to get these powers. What did you do? Like, you, you don't even know the fundamentals. You don't know the basics. What? How are you doing these things? And that's the thing. Like, Agatha does not understand how Wanda could be so powerful and still so ignorant. At the end of the episode, she's still like, you you are the Scarlet Witch and you're making breakfast for dinner. Like that's what you're using your fucking powers for. She's she's annoyed. She's pissed. Yeah, it's it's almost like she's upset about Wanda's like magical privilege. Yeah, it is. It's like I worked my ass off every fucking day. I, I, I didn't go out. I didn't do anything. I studied everything I could get my hands on. But you, you just come in here and you're just suddenly the, the goddess with no practice, no teaching, no nothing. So kind of fuck you. I murdered my entire coven and all I got was this stupid t-shirt. Pretty much. Pretty much. And and Wanda's just like, do, 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 do. Right before I watched this episode for the first time, I watched Doctor Strange just to kind of compare magic. There were some there were some similarities, though, with like sorcerer supreme magic and what Agatha's doing. Like, for instance, she plucked a piece of Wanda's hair, which is something that we've seen Doctor Strange do to complete a spell. Yeah, I think I think this the spells could be the same, but the power in which you're you're powering the spells is what's different. At the very least, it seems like they're operating on similar principles. Oh yeah, no, definitely. They're all and, and that's the thing that Agatha explained it very, very succinctly. It's like I am all about illusion. You know, she took the cicada, she transformed it into a bird. When she threw it back to the bunny, she might have been able to control the bird or the or the cicada, but the bunny still ate a cicada. Like it, it didn't matter. Like that once you change something into something, it still was that original thing. But the way Wanda's doing it, the spontaneous creation, that's the interesting part. That's the Scarlet Witch. That's the ability to, to transmute all of this, not just by illusion, but to make it real. And so the things we're seeing, you know, with Monica's outfit, the people as they're transforming, even Vision himself could be real within the hex. We're talking reality, not illusion. There's a difference. What will happen after that hex when the hex is gone outside of the field? Who knows? But 
Agatha, regardless, in the hex, out of the hex, it doesn't matter. It's just an illusion. Wanda actually can transform these things into real things. So those kids, vision, technically, it's all real as long as it's within that field, that bubble universe. You know what, though? After seeing Agatha suck the life force out of those witches at the beginning, she's she's definitely the shark. No, she's definitely the shark, yeah. Poor Wanda. Also, Agatha's like at least 350 years old, so... Yeah, I mean, she was a child during that time. Like, she kept looking at talking to her mother. But who knows how long, like, that childhood had gone on. So, like, they, she could have already been 200, 300 years. I know in the comics, she goes back to, like, the Atlantean days. That's why there was a, that connection there. Like, she's at least 11,000 years old. But this, she could only, she might only be a few hundred years old. Um, And then suck the immortality out of her coven. But kids do. As you do when you're young. When you're young and you suck the life out of your parents. We all did it. Some did it more literally than others. Also, Agatha's mom, her look is a lot in line with the way that Agatha looks in the comics. Yeah, very much so. And I still think that basement was teleported. Like that, uh, I know a lot of people were complaining. Like, how did you, how did, how did Agatha know to live in Westview to have that basement? It's just such a coincidence. Agatha probably transported her dungeon of magic spells to wherever she needs to be. Just watch Doctor Strange. They do it in Doctor Strange. The sanctums are literally all connected through magic and you can just kind of walk to one. So like that, that makes sense. It makes complete sense. I'm sure you loved it when she referred to it as her bewitched basement. That just totally did it for me. I'm like, yay, not only does she live in the bewitched house, this is her bewitched basement and that's her bewitched bunny and that's her bewitched cicada. Those are her bewitched little glyphs all over the place. Oh, Oh, I love this episode so much. We didn't really get into it too much this episode. I feel like they glossed over it a little bit and we might get a bit more in the finale. But Fietro. Fietro was her eyes and ears. It really isn't any more information. So yeah, I can't gauge too much in that. The theory still could work that it's multiverse related. or She pulled another uh, version of him from someplace else and transmuted him into this reality. Um, Because he did have speedster powers, you know, and I don't think Agatha was divvying out that much power in the hex. Something else is going on there. We don't know what it is. Um, We just know that she could influence what he was saying. Um, She could influence what he did. And her goal was still to try to figure out how Wanda did all this. Like, that was the goal. Like, how did you do it, Wanda? How did you do it? Everyone's still waiting for big X-Men multiverse reveal. And I'm waiting for a big multiverse break. Like, that's where I think this is going. Uh, some some people are like, oh, this the fact that we have spectral vision and we have vision, you know, hex vision, they can combine to create real vision again, and everyone who walks happily ever ever. No, this is this is not gonna end the way you think it will. I think this is gonna be tragic. I think this is gonna be sad. I think we're gonna lose vision again. I think she's gonna have to watch her soulmate die again. I think she may have to watch her kids cease to exist. And I think all this tragedy is going to lead to a break. And I think that maybe was what breaks the multiverse and something will go on from there. We'll see. That's just where I think it's going. Tragedy, broken hearted, feeble, heart wrenching, need therapy for years. Marvel better fit the bill. Tragedy. Unfortunately, I totally agree with you. You know, a big theory that we had in episode one of our podcast got busted this episode. This one wasn't particularly important, but the people in the commercial, not her parents. I was like, oh, here it is. Wait for it. Wait for it. And then they are not totally different actors. Okay. That guy looks way more like an Oleg anyway, so I guess it's fine. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. They're probably just people that live in Westview. 
Yeah, no, they were they were casted to be that vibe by by Wanda or by uh I think it's I think it's Agatha because they were they were kind of pokes at her sometimes to like embrace and to like let loose into this reality. So I think they might have been Agatha inspired. I thought it might have been subconscious of her to warn her against Agatha. I think that's more it. I think I th- I think it's Wanda subconsciously. We'll see. Because commercials are a nice way to manipulate. If Wanda's just sitting there watching television, put a commercial in and it'll all go to shite. You know, it's like it, you have a way to enter her mind. So I think it makes sense for Agatha to have used that as a vehicle to manipulate and to get more information for, and to poke at Wanda a little bit here or there. I really liked the probability hex retcon for the first flashback because that makes that makes sense. Yeah, it made sense. You see that little red flash, too. So she did it. I had an argument, not an argument, debate with my friends and they were like, I didn't see a flash. And I'm like, no, it happened. Like, no, she's saying that, that that's what you did. And, and Wanda's saying, no, I didn't do that. You know, it was, it was something else. Like she's trying to understand. And like that the only way that could have happened is a probability hex and Wanda's denying it. So it didn't happen. I'm like, she's denying it because she didn't know she did it. You could see the flash. I didn't see the flash. There's a little bit of a red glow coming off of her hand right before she gets pulled back by Agatha. And honestly, it just, it seemed instinctual. Like she didn't even realize she was doing it. Yeah, exactly. So her memory and her experience was, it, 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 that's not what happened. You know, it wasn't until the infinity stone unlocked her, her true potential and saw her as what she was, which was obviously the Scarlet Witch in full form. That's, which very much vibed the Dark Phoenix, like, or the Phoenix in general. Like that's, I'm not saying she is the Phoenix or anything like that. I'm saying that they were treating it like that mythology would this super-powered mythological supreme being that is equally powerful and dangerous at the same time. Yeah, that's kind of what it seemed like. You know, even though I knew it was coming, that bomb hitting in that first flashback, like I jumped. Oh, it was it was heart-wrenching. It's like this episode was all complete like things like that. It's like you knew these moments were happening because they've been, as soon as you get into there, you're like, okay, this is it. We're going there, but you you get calm. You're watching the sitcom with them. And and like any other sitcom, I feel like we we train ourselves to like be calm in moments like that. It it is a sense of peacefulness and just nostalgia and family and good times and memories and boom, there it fucking is. Great power grid though, because even after the city is bombed, that TV and DVD player is still running. Yeah, the craftsmanship. Like, what brand was that? It was. I don't know. Like, I know. I, I just if my cat jumps on the damn player, the thing skips forever. Back in the day. Also, I really like that her dad sold bootleg sitcoms and that they use sitcoms to learn English. Like that's cute. Yeah. It also shows why her accent and her, why her ability that in every, in every era, because she literally learned English based on every single one of those eras. It's freaking brilliant and beautiful. And there's something also very much like comforting in knowing that after the events of age of Ultron, Wanda went back to the Avengers compound, went into her room and binged Malcolm in the middle. Yeah, no, I mean, I watching a cheesy sitcom to cope with the death of your only family, reasonable. No, yeah, I mean, I, I lived that. I, I, there's just, there was something about this episode, the reason why it resonated like that, that's just what happens sometimes to people. Like, if that's all you have is, is, is a television show or pop culture to jump into or fall into during grief, like... When my parents died, it was just like me sitting in their house watching television for like a few weeks straight while I got my shit together. It's just part of the grief cycle. It was and it's comforting. It, it's it's extremely comforting. This 
there's so many truths in this fictionalized superhero show about sitcoms and grief. This and this episode really hit all those nails on all the heads. Yeah, no. And vision in that scene is just so damn wholesome. It really is. I mean, that line about love persevering and that's what grief is. It's it's it is so beautiful and it's just like, oh. I can totally see why Wanda fell for this charmingly naive robot man. And it, I mean, like he said, like, I've always been alone. I've never had the privilege of, of loving something enough to lose it, you know? So that's that's just you loving something. And that's something to be to, to enjoy and to appreciate, too. And I think that's that's how she read it. And it was like, oh, come here, you big synthetic lug. Also, I like that he walked into a room and that he was still doing that like a year and a half later during Civil War. He never really stopped. Like we talked about this like, oh, no, oh, no. Just don't see the point. It's literally this way. It's right here. Don't need doors. I phase. That vision in the Mind Stone, though, do we think this is future Wanda? Do we think this is 616 Wanda? Like, do we think that it's just another nod to her being consistent between the dimensions? It could be a Nexus thing, but I think it's I think it's just a vision. There's so many visions in this episode, goddammit. I know. What <laughs> up, bump. Thank you. Um, I think there's something to be said about she said that she was a Sokovian fortune teller. Um, and that was the vision that she got was the future of herself. I think this was just her coming into her own and seeing what she could become. And the Mind Stone being like, oh, I know who you are. I see you, bitch. And then kind of accelerating those powers. I don't think it's multiversic. I don't think it needs to be multiversic. I think it could just be this is who she really is. She is the Scarlet Witch. Also, it's interesting that Vision was drawn to her even when... He was just a rock. It's just one way that I read like the Mind Stone, like having an affinity for her. I almost wonder if that maybe was part of the reason why Vision was also attracted to her. It could be. I mean, like that's I read it in Ultron and obviously in in Civil War. It's it's, there is something similar about them because they both came from the Mind Stone. Um, And you could read it as family, but you could just read it as sympathetic magics. Um, And I think they both felt that connection to each other. Um, I want to know how, I really want her brother to be involved. I really want the, the original actor to come in and to be involved in that flashback because how did he get his powers? What's the excuse for that? Um, and maybe that's not something that they want us to remember or focus on at this point. But I, I feel like that now makes that a big question unless it's the same thing. It's like, well, he also has that power because he's genetically close to the witch as well. Something that they sort of, in some of the expanded material, I think it was like a visual guide, they stated that the reason why Hydra like set up shop in Sokovia is there's a high degree of like mutation in like the Sokovian population. I'm, I still think that this has a little bit to do with them being mutants. Okay. I mean, it still works in that direction. I don't think we're going to get any literal mutant connections in this and i i don't and if we do i hope it's it's not distracting at all we we have a relatively closed bout of data that needs to be solved already i think if you want to bring mutants into this it's going to be a catalytic event that she does that eventually will lead to more mutants i don't think we're we're gonna retcon mutants into existence from the events that we've seen here i i think that's it would have been it would have started already and we have not gone that route. We have not gone that route yet. It's still an episode, but that's what I'm saying. Within that one episode, there's already enough shit that's on the table. We don't need to pour out the mutants, the mutant stuff onto the table. Yeah, and they've leaked the runtime of the last episode. 
inclusive of credits, it's going to be 50 minutes long. It's going to be basically a 45 minute episode. Yeah, we've got a lot to wrap up in like 40 or 45 minutes, though. So someone that came out way more sus than even previously known Hayward in this episode. Fuck Hayward's manipulative eyes went from like puppy dog, like, oh, you know, you just need to bury your, your head. Okay, I understand. Why don't you look down over there? Oh, don't you want to resurrect him? Yeah, don't you want to resurrect him? Yeah, you want to resurrect him. Oh, you can't resurrect him? Well, then fuck the fuck off and get out. See, that's what I'm talking about specifically. Like, it makes him so much more sus that he put that thought into Wanda's head because number one, she didn't think or know that she could do that. So why did he think or know that she could do that? Everyone's poking at Wanda to bring things back from the dead. That's 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 a theme throughout this show is is pushing Wanda's powers and seeing what she could do with them. And Hayward knew. Hayward knew that she could do something and was prodding her in the moment that she was like, I can't do that. He was like, well, then what good are you, man? Go down there. Go take a look at your dead husband that we all have ripped apart into little pieces. Go have your little moment and get the fuck out of here. I almost feel like Hayward used a fucking probability hex on Wanda because, like, he showed a damn grieving superwoman the mutilated corpse of her robot boyfriend and walked out of that room alive. How fucking unlikely. And maybe I think he's on something. He has some foreign knowledge of something going on um, beyond what Wanda was aware of. Because she was handling it, everything really cool. I mean, like she was reserved and calm, even at the desk trying to get into the place. And in when we first opened that scene, like she was calm. She drove there herself. She didn't storm in like with her powers. She only did a little bit of a flare because she was pissed off and let out a little bit of steam. And Hayward's just all like, "Yeah, come on, let's all chill." Like, no, no, no. He knows something beyond what she even she knows about who she is so is hayward and agatha in on it together is this just happened to be two people who are all you know because everyone in the universe is now gunning for wanda because of what she can do prior to this episode it seemed to me that agatha might be working with like a higher power and that hayward was an opportunist but this episode really flipped it for me now i think that agatha is the opportunist. And a couple episodes ago, Hayward said that they had no idea like what they had to do in the past five years to keep the lights on. Like maybe he's the one that made a deal with the devil. Yeah, maybe. And I don't think we're going to get Mephisto. I, I, there was that other one that Kathan, Kathan, Kulan, Kool-Aid, Kool, the Kool-Aid man, the Kool-Aid man. Oh yeah. Is the one who's going to be, who might be behind both, but you know, almost like I will, I will push Hayward to do this and I will push Agatha to do that. But neither one knows the other ones working for them either. You know, you really want to make a devil S character. You get everybody doing all these things without conversations together. Um, so it could be both are true. Uh, going back to that dissection scene, one, it is a very, very strong callback to the Vision Quest storyline where Vision gets disassembled and Wanda sees his disassembled body. And it's I looked at the comic panel. It is very it is very hard to watch. And so is that scene. Just like seeing them just pull like Vision's innards apart. Like I know he's a robot, but goddamn. Yeah, I like just rip, taking off his his hands and like just the way they seem to be sawing into his skull. Like no, that was a hard. That was hard. And just watching Wanda through the through the mirror, I mean through the window, looking down, like stop, like she's she's losing her shit. You're torturing her. 
Like that is just ah, what the fuck? That is cruel. And then we get that really sad callback to Infinity War, where she says that she can't feel him. Yeah, that was um, I, I I can't feel you. She repeated in most heartfelt, broken, broken voice. Uh, yeah, a connection to to Infinity War when right before he died. That's how they're gonna do it. They're gonna do us that way. Thanks, Marvel. Just rip our heart out and then put a picture of it on a deed. Yeah, with a little heart around it, just like the calendar. That's where it came from. It came from, which also, like, Vision, you're not supposed to draw on legal documents like a deed to the house, but... <laughs> Vision, <laughs> you want to, what do you want to do? Sue him. <laughs> but that is adorable. Sue me, I'm dead. <laughs> I I think he bought it, like, obviously before Infinity War, and, and that's what he was, he was beginning to work towards that. I feel like in my head canon, he had that deed in his back pocket when he was talking to her about like, you know, we've, we've stolen these moments and I think this is working. Maybe we get a house. Yeah. The, the real question is, why did he buy a property in Westview? Well, I mean, it's close enough to the Avengers compound in upstate New York. It's Jersey. No one's going to know or care about what happens to Jersey. I mean, it's fucking Jersey. The whole place can go into a hell mouth and no one's going to notice especially new yorkers so for the most part he probably thought that was a safe bet to hide away in this like no nothing town and just grow old together and hopefully and retire and just not do that thing anymore and just be people also presumably it was a much nicer place pre-snap yeah i mean it looked like it had seen better days obviously um i feel we only saw like two characters in that from the show it walking around in that i feel like we should have seen a few more but we we saw two at least they both looked really sad yeah no the um the the wife mrs hart was just sitting by herself i feel like i I almost feel like her husband was snapped away but obviously like maybe maybe that's the point maybe she didn't have a husband and she put her together she put the hearts together yeah do we think that wanda was maybe like trying to grant these people's wishes Maybe. I mean, like she was trying to maybe uh, improve everything a little bit. You know, here was this town that had seen a lot of grief and a lot of pain, maybe. And with with all of her grief, just went into this automatic hexing program and tried to put everyone into a calming, happier, simpler state of mind, you know, intentionally trying to do that instead of, you know, obviously (laughs) what really what it really is, just kidnapping people and, and doing bad things. But it was with the best of intentions. When she transformed the town, one of the billboards I noticed was for the Lagos brand paper towels. And then the the marquee at the movie theater was playing Big Red and Kidnapped, which are both 1960s Disney movies. And what they were doing and what she was doing, Big Red was kidnapping everyone. It's just fucking Disney, man. Fucking you got you 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 Marvel people know what you're doing way too well and it makes me scared. They really are good at this. All of Wanda's magic was red, except for the little bit of magic that turned into Vision. It was the Mind Stone yellow. Yeah, that was complete Mind Stone energy. And that's why I think Vision is real now, up to, up to a point. Like, he may only be allowed to exist within the Hex, but he's real, you know? And I think it's, it's kind of a hard delineation to make between, like, well, then he's not really real. Like, no, he's real within this, in this universe, and in this universe is literally the size of a town. It's not the same vision. It's created from her, but he's real. I, of course, don't think we're getting a happy ending, but do we think it's possible that Westview Vision and 
a vision in white can be combined to be real-ish vision? Yes, I think there's a possibility. Hell, they could even do it and then kill him in a different way to make it real tragic. Um, the, 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 the only problem that we see here is whatever Hayward did to remove Vision's memories, and maybe they are still there in there somewhere, but I think if the comics are any indication, Spectral Vision shows that he's just a robot. He's, he's just a programmable machine weapon. There's no personality in there. There's no brainwaves. Um, we're not going with the Wonder Man storyline, but we still had Tony. We still had Bruce. We still had Jarvis. We still had Ultron. Um, and and so I think he's a completely new personality in there. Or the personality will get, and I'm really hoping we get this moment, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm really hoping that James Spader's voice is, is going to come out of Ultron, is going to come out of um, Spectral Vision. I, I would just, my nerd, I would have such a nerdgasm just to hear Ultron's voice one more time. And that's what they were doing. They, they pushed all the other programming away. No more Tony, no more Bruce, no more Jarvis. It's just what's left of Ultron. Instead, I think it's going to be Vision versus Vision. It, it might be. It could be. It probably will be. So the show is ending. We've got one episode left. Do you think Agatha makes it out alive? Yes. What about Tommy and Billy? Are they alive? They're alive in that universe. I think they, no. I think they're done. And what about Vision? Any version of Vision? No, I think. Uh, Spider-Man 2 had a memorial for Vision. Vision is still dead at the end of the series. Yeah, no, that tracks. Uh, Agatha, not sure if we'll keep her. Uh, Tommy and Billy, I like to think that they might survive in some way. Not sure. And Vision... I've I've basically been under the assumption that Vision isn't making it out alive this entire time, so I'm sticking with that. Yeah, no, I I think they're all gone. Um, I think Agatha may live to, to cause more problems another day if Scarlet Witch does go the way of the antagonist and and things go bad, and it's not because of Agatha, but it's because of Hayward or because of Strange or because of life. I feel like there's more of a chance of her and Agatha walking off together into the sunset. Oh, well, we're gonna see. Uh, bonus round and slightly off topic, but still on topic. How do we feel about the title for Spider-Man? I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. My friends fell for the uh, phone home one before they realized that all three actors posted something different. So they only saw the phone home one and uh, they thought that was the real one, which I thought was adorable. Home slice was my favorite of those, uh, though. My friend who's a model and did us some sexy Spider-Man cosplay. She used the Homewrecker one to do some promotions for herself. So way to opportune on that. Nice. Uh, no Way Home, kind of ominous. Very ominous. I think I think Peter is getting lost in the multiverse. And I think he's going over to Sony for a few movies. I think that was the deal. I think, okay, are you going to break the multiverse? You're going to have Peter Parker run around the broken multiverse. Uh, Peter Parker is going to end up in a couple of Sony movies for a little while. And then we're going to bring him back to the MCU whenever we want. Once Strange fixes it. God, I hope so. I don't want to lose Peter to fucking Venom. No, I don't. I don't either. But that's that is business and creativity blended at the best possible levels. Um, and it could work. on a creative level so let's just i'm I'm giving it to him that's what i think is going to happen so we'll see i guess there's a bit of controversy going on twitter right now regarding this latest episode by the way twitter pops off when when wandavision comes out every week because even people that aren't into marvel are really liking the show and a lot of people were really really into that grief is love persevering line right because it's a good line it's it's not fucking shakespeare but it's a great line in a in a pretty good show well, 
a bunch of people, I assume, who are not fans of the show or not fans of Marvel were basically shitting on people who were tweeting about that line and just being pretentious. It's just people being shitty about people liking something, which, I mean, is the internet. It's the internet. Yeah, exactly. It's the internet and it's Twitter. They don't, they don't, they just like to make a lot of noise. And it's just a whole bunch of people who don't like the fact that other people are enjoying something and are getting something out of it. And the recourse is to make fun of other people for liking something or for feeling something. And that's the kind of toxic bullshit that made Star Wars fandom problematic for a while. Um, and it's it's just people being assholes. And so just whatever, you enjoy the line, enjoy the line. If you get something out of the line, and get it. If those people who hate it have never lost, never grieved for anything in their lives, or they're too bitter, then fine. That's, that's their problem. I, who have lost a, a lot in my life, found that line to be extremely profound and comforting and beautiful and sad and tragic and real. So that's, 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 that's my participation past that I can say that that line's good, that it, it holds true and holds water. And if the internet doesn't agree, if the internet wants to complain and be all, wah, 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 you're not allowed to like something, well, then they can fuck the fuck off. No, I, I agree. And honestly, I think a lot of people got something out of that line because truthfully, a lot of people have lost a lot this past year. Yeah, to quote to Rocket, everybody has dead people like that. And it's fucking true. Everyone eventually, even if you are lucky enough not to at this moment in time, will eventually lose somebody and you will have to experience grief in some capacity. And even if it's not a person that does it for you, an animal, a pet, a, 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 a lifestyle, a career, a choice, an event, we all grieve many millions of things. And I think that line shows that there is still love there when you grieve something, that there is still something beautiful about those moments. And it's 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 something beautiful that you can enjoy still and it doesn't have to always be negative. Um and that was the whole what the whole conversation was about. It's like grieving doesn't always have to be negative. Grieving can be something that you appreciate as something beautiful. And if you don't get it and if the internet wants to be an insensitive bunch of assholes like it normally is these days, then that's it. They just don't get it. And that's 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 on them. And I pity that. Well said. I was just surprised to see the hate because I I really liked this episode. I'm really surprised. This episode's amazing. Like this episode, like is I think my favorite episode to date. I think mine's probably still the Halloween episode. Still the Halloween episode. This this episode takes all that that happened before and really makes it even more tragic. And I think that's why I like it is that it's a linchpin episode. It recontextualizes a lot of the things that we kind of knew about Wanda. Yeah. And it makes some of the silly, sweet, happy, bubbly elements of the show go really like serious and dark and and tragic and sad. And I think that's the power of it is that it does recontextualize a lot. And it's not just because it gave us that beautiful line. It's not just because we got spectral vision out of it or that we're, you know, getting all the Agatha Harkness stuff. It's it's not that it's just it recontextualizes all the things that we were in the back of our heads taken for granted. I think that's the beauty of, of WandaVision. All right, so make sure to like, subscribe, and please tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at InfinityCast, spelled infinite A cast. And you can email us at infinitycast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And we'll see you guys next week.